How do you keep your business humming? Where do you go when you're looking for quality suppliers of new equipment? Components, MRO supplies, repair services, or even raw materials. 30 years ago, you would have turned to the Thomas Register. Today, those big green books are better than ever at thomasnet.com, industry's leading platform for product sourcing and supplier discovery. You can easily find that local machine shop, national distributor, OEM, or any supplier having the right quality certification. Fast and free. You can even get to specific products, components, or downloadable 3D CAD drawings simply by entering specifications or part numbers. There's a reason thomasnet.com has become the go-to supplier discovery tool for procurement professionals and engineers. There's simply no other resource like it, and it's all free. Go to thomasnet.com today and see how top-notch supplier discovery doesn't have to put a dent into your bottom line. Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. My name is Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss. And we have got a very interesting show for you today because we're going to be talking about the ISM number with Tim Fiore, who's the committee chair for the ISM's report on business. This is the one that the literally the president of the United States waits to see this number come out to see how the country is doing. Lou, it looks like the country is doing well. So it seems, but our president is on television right now talking about the new Trump-NAFTA trade agreement. So So I don't give him the number. (laughs) <laughs> They'll whisper it in his ear, I That's know. right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tim, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're always glad to have you on the air with us talking about this entire body of work and not just the number. Welcome, Tim. Yeah, good to be here, guys. So uh, let's uh, let you share with our listeners the number and then touch on some of the high points that caused it to, and uh, very important for our listeners to understand, to roll up slightly less than last month, but still well into positive territory, Tim. Right. So the headline, 59.8 on the PMI, uh, 25th straight month of expansion, 15 of 18 reporting, all six contributing. Uh, Demand new order side is 61.8, which was down 3.3 points from August, but still really strong. 17th straight month of over 60 expansion. Uh, Customer inventory is at 40.5. Uh, about the same as last month, still very low, and backlog contracting about two points from the prior month, but still healthy, which would indicate that we've got some pretty good runway on the demand side going into uh, Q4. So, uh, you know, demand is really, if demand is good, then you can kind of adjust things around that. The uh, On the consumption side, production and employment maintain their pace from last month expansion pace. Uh, they were up about a point combi- uh, combined production number was the highest of all the PMI sub-indexes. Employment was the highest in the last four months. All all six big industries contributed. So the story was really around the input side, supplier deliveries. So supplier deliveries and inventories uh, declined uh, a combination 5.5 points. And uh, what that really means is supplier deliveries improved, uh, sped up, 
uh, which means that the, the number declined. And on the raw material inventory side, uh, we actually saw a drawdown in raw material inventory accounts to the tune of about 2.1 points, which, uh, so I think overall, you know, we had a 5.5 point decline uh, in the uh, input side. I think that's a lot of timing issues. I would expect maybe that next month supply deliveries will stay about the same, maybe soften a little bit more, but the inventory count should uh, rebound and pass out August's number. So, you know, overall, uh, excellent manufacturing month at 59.8. That's, you know, just shy of 60 and uh, well above the average for the last 12 months. And if, uh, But I think we've got some adjustments going on here, some uh, uh, normalization maybe, uh, getting closer to equilibrium. We're bouncing across the, tro- across the top around the PMI number, which is really good. As uh, I, I was talking with you just before showtime, that uh, even All Metals and Forge Group has uh, shown, and we're now tracking along with the uh, PMI number, uh, as we always have, except for about two years, uh, the 16 and 17. Uh, but this is uh, really terrific. And uh, what I'm sensing is uh, from historical numbers on uh, from All Metals and Forge is that uh, September is the softer number uh, of October, November, and December. So if this is any indication, uh, we're going to have a wow fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you bet. I mean, this is the fourth highest PMI number in the last 12 months. I mean, it's, we'll, yeah. let's put it in its perspective, right? Sure, absolutely. Tim, I don't know when the last time, and you might have a better read on it, the last average of 12 months that is as high as the current 59.2. Yeah, I don't have an exact number, but I would say it's probably uh, definitely not in modern times. Yeah, I would agree. Um, <laughs> really, really strong. Um, yeah, no, who, would have, your... who would have thought, right? You know, your low was 57.3 in the last 12 months. Low was yeah. 57.3. Jeez. Yeah, that's amazing. And these numbers coming out of uh, the ISM for the Purchasing Managers Index are just always dead on accurate. So we really appreciate this. What are your respondents saying, Tim? Yeah, so let's let's talk a bit about that. So, you know, we're about 25 months here. Uh, into a typical 37-month cycle, so you know I, I think we still got some good runway. Like I said, we're bouncing across the top at very high levels, and uh, you know that means our, our you know our graph since 2002 that shows the four expansion cycles. We're now creeping up on the number one expansion cycle, which went on for 54 months back in the early 2000s. So uh, we're 25, depending on where you, you start the start button, to the 25 or 31. So you could easily argue that we're we got a couple more years here of runway just based on the uh, the technicals. You know, the hurricane wasn't mentioned very much as a factor, and not like it was last year. With uh, that, just reflects the fact that Texas is such a massive manufacturing state compared to the Carolinas. But uh, there was was some comments, but not uh, not overwhelming. Uh, looking at some of the numbers here, you can see some signs. Though, I mean, our price index declined 5.2 points. First time it was below 70. And I think 17 months, uh, which is you know pretty, pretty significant. I mean, it's a 66.967. That's still a high number. Let's not take our eyes off of that. But I think there was a general, uh, there's a general acceptance now in the supply community that uh, price increases are kind of here. And you know, think about the timing that we're in now. We're really at the point in time that everybody is working really diligently on their 19 business plan, and. Um, 
and there's a lot of internal stress occurring now with supply managers bringing price growth forward for the 2019 plan, probably general managers and salespeople saying we can't pass that on so easily, lots of, lots of anxiety around that as they negotiate their way through this. I think we, uh, we kind of got a feeling from the comments that uh, they're not as confident they'll be able to push price increases through to the uh, ultimate customer. And, and we, we had some conversations about that already this morning. What does that really mean? Are they having the, are they not, are the supply managers not sure? Is the company not sure? It's not really clear because like I said, we're in a business planning cycle now and the salespeople are supposed to represent the customer. So they, they might just be pushing back because they don't want to go uh, to their customers with price increases. So <laughs> I think the month of October is going to tell a lot about the economics of what's been happening, um, you know, the, the, the releases of the Q3 earnings calls, and will margins be expanding, or will there be lots of comments about how uh, raw material input impacted their profitability and things, and, and uh, you know, the optimism about 2019. Everybody in the supply market is very optimistic from a, a business continuation standpoint at this point, for sure. That's what we're hearing as well from our clients in the marketplace. Uh, but let's talk about tariffs a bit. Uh, I, we don't see much of a bite in terms of uh, the tariffs in your numbers. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. All right. So, over 50% of our respondents responded around tariffs our, in our general comments. Same right. as August, same as July, um, and that so that number has been rising steadily from 32% back in March. We're now six months into the tariff activity, right? right. Um, look at the export number and, you know, the export number might be telling a story here. So, uh, you know, I think I reported that we only had two of the, the big six industry sectors expanding in September. That's down from five in July. Uh, 38, those two represent 38% of manufacturing GDP. Uh, July was over 55%. So, there's definitely something going on there, and August was four. So we've had a steady uh, three-month decline in uh, industries contributing to the expansion side on exports. And you know, many of them have moved into the same level, which means that they're flat. Uh, transportation equipment, aircraft, trains, uh, automobiles have been in a contracting export market since July. Uh, machinery joined them last month in August. But machinery came back into the same level in September. So there, there could be a trend here. You know, remember exports is what 14, 18 percent of manufacturing GDP. Um, you know, and, and are those contractions being driven because of counter tariffs or general economic slowdowns in Europe and Asia? I don't don't really know. But uh, it could definitely be a trend there. So, uh, I, yeah, but I think on the other hand, there, there were comments around the fact that okay, we're in the business planning season now. Uh, but we're actually taking taking steps to do something about this. I think there's, like I said earlier, there's a general acceptance of what's existing and what's happening, and people aren't that optimistic that it will get resolved in the short term here. So they're actually taking steps to uh, minimize their exposure to tariffs and counter-tariffs, and that, that came through loud and clear uh, through several respondents. Uh, we noticed that one of uh, your sectors, uh, the chemical products industries that are stating, stating that it's taking a bite out of profitability, meaning, I think, that they're not raising their prices uh, to their clients as high as they might have. 
and therefore it's taking a bite out of profits. Is yeah, that, that's probably uh, true. Is, I mean, the chemical, chemical guys tend to, depending on where you are in the chemical stream, they tend to do quarterly prices. So they, they take the risk in the quarter, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Tim, I noticed that imports are also growing. They're remaining strong. They haven't collapsed because of the tariffs on goods coming in, but it may still be early stage because some new tariffs have been levied now in September and they look to go up if things aren't resolved in January. Would you say the imports is reflecting the earlier tariffs, which didn't have big teeth and not reflecting the new tariffs, which might have bigger teeth? Uh, the comments we had on the import side was that uh, you know they definitely are expanding. Expansion improved compared to the prior month. Uh, comments really came in around the fact that uh, production demand is up, therefore imports are up. And, mm-hmm. But there was also comments here around the fact that they're accelerating deliveries to be tariff impacts. So uh-huh. uh, you know, these these tariff counter tariff issues have been in the wind now for about three months. I guess it was probably June when uh, mm-hmm. you know that that first tranche was announced, and then. It had to go out for a waiting period of 60 days. Well, you know, between that announcement and the 60 days, I think a lot of people accelerated whatever they could. So, uh, so I think we have that on going on. If you look at inputs average Q2 versus average Q3, uh, there's a 2.7 point decline in the index. So, uh, you, know, you look at the three months in Q2, uh, three months in Q3 subtracted to. And, uh, and there's your 2.7 decline. So there seems to be an imp- not that there's an impact, obviously, on exports. seems to be an impact on the import side, too. It would be my conclusion from the data. Okay. So all in all, I, I would say that we're looking at a pretty, pretty good uh, opportunity for next year as well. I mean, I'm already done with the fourth quarter, you know, based <laughs> on this conversation. So yeah. uh, is 19 looking uh, – that good? You did mention it before that we've got a good cycle going forward for the next couple of years. Uh, I, I don't want to misquote you when I repeat this. So, can you confirm that as your your opinion? Well, I mean, I can talk about the his, history and the, the technicals, like I did about the, the 24 to 30 month on a 56 month cycle. I think we're we're catching up to that super cycle in 2002. But remember, that was essentially two cycles combined in one. It was a super cycle and the subprime mortgage cycle. The two of them together was about a 56-month period. I would say, you know, we're, we're uh, subject to what happens here on the earnings releases in the month of October. Uh, we should continue through. I mean, there's general optimism here on the consumer side for sure. Uh, housing starts have shown some positive signs, although there seems to be some bouncing around in that. I think the sentiment is still good. Uh, the, the only negative that we've had in, in the economic news here is the trade wars, although it can be really big. Um, uh, it's, it's clearly positive that uh, the Canadian-Mexican United States has resolved their disputes generally. Disappointed that the dispute resolution didn't include steel and aluminum, uh, but my, something tells me it will because I can't imagine that we have trading partners where we're still holding that out. Um, so I can only really talk to the next quarter, and, and with demand being up, backlog being up, production being at a level that seems to be, uh, you know, feeding the monster, the, the engine, then you know, I would say the Q4 is looking pretty good here. That sounds good to me. 
Yeah. Tim has yeah, the too. latest has the latest Fed rate likely to have any real damaging impact on the economy going forward. I think the the Fed is just kind of ratcheting things up carefully underneath a growing economy. My sense of it is that they're not going to clip the wings of the economy with these increases. Well, you know, there's nothing new on that front. I mean, the the thought was that there was two more rate adjustments somewhere back in March, April, May, maybe. The thought was that there would be two more rate adjustments after the one that occurred in the summertime. And they seem to be on that track. So, uh, and, and you know, money hasn't gotten so expensive that people aren't investing. I'm, uh, I'm very, I'm very uh, hopeful to see the semi-annual. We're getting ready to send the semi-annual out, and we'll be reporting on that, I think, in uh, November. So I'm really, really anxious to see. And that's, that's comprehensive, more comprehensive than the one that we do in the May time frame. So we'll do a reassessment for 2019. We'll do a look forward on 20. 20, uh, 2018 reassessment, 2019 look forward. It'll include outlook, uh, price growth, uh, business revenue growth, profitability, capacity expansion, you know, all really good stuff. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll start to see those numbers in mid-November, I think. But uh, everything is looking positive here. I, I, I don't see that this, this, the Fed's going to do anything to slow things down. You know, I think it's probably appropriate at this time. So we'll, well the, only, the only thing we've got to migrate our way through here is the tariff issues. And I know that uh, when we used to speak with Brad Holcomb, your predecessor as committee chair, he used to take new orders, subtract inventories, and anything above five was a good number. And I guess we're above five at about, what am I looking at here, eight and a half? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Subtract inventories? From uh, new orders, right. Yeah. I know he yeah, well, yeah, at we're, that. yeah, definitely, we're eight and a half. Yeah, we're definitely yeah. above five. Yeah, very strong. Is there anything that you know that was kind of Brad's measure from a supply chain expert over the years that he looked for in this report? Tim, do you look for anything as you're developing this report from your background and experience that kind of uh, either makes the hair stand up in the back of your neck or gives you a warm fuzzy? Well, you know, I, th- I think the PMI is, is like a magical number, right? Each of the five sub-indexes is equally weighed, weighs into the into that PMI number. But the number is an equivalent to every number because it's made up of five indexes. So, you know, what I, I tend to look at is the movements under the five, and I have those five bucketed into three, right? Demand, um, consumption, and input. And this, this is really an input month in, in terms of holding back the uh, the PMI number because the inputs is what declined. So, you know, new orders up, production, uh, consumption being strong, production and employment making up consumption, supply delivery slacking off a little bit, I think, due to timing. Uh, yeah, that's the, kind of the way I look at it. And the other, the other indexes support those primes. Uh, customer inventory supports new orders. Backlog supports new orders. New export orders uh, clearly is a reflection of the new order element. Imports is, is inputs and the prices. Uh, give you a feel for the overall economy. So I, you know, I think we got a little bit of a softening here, and I think the supplier deliveries getting more into a reasonable range could indicate that we're, you know, we're hitting an equilibrium. Well, that's certainly incredibly strong, and we're glad that the equilibrium is uh, 59.2 over 12 months. Um, 
because that takes us into a territory of continued growth. Uh, anything else in particular in the report that our listeners ought to look for? And by the way, for our listeners, this report is at instituteforsupplymanagement.org under their news and research. Royce do two reports with the ISM. One is the manufacturing and non-manufacturing. Tim, what's uh, the, the big takeaways from this report? Yeah, so, you know, for those people who uh, like to look at the fundamentals, so um, and we've already talked about the tariff issue. Let's, so let's talk about transportation. So I tend to look at the supplier delivery comments to, to get a real good feel on the transportation piece because they don't generally jump out as a high percent on the general side. But we uh, 25% in September, same as in August, down from 33% in July. So transportation, driver shortages, equipment shortages, unreliable transporters are you know, not showing up on time or not getting to the right location, still kind of continues to feed through the report. Not, it's not really going away although it's slightly down from uh, the peak that it was at in July. On the lead time side, uh, you know, lead time is uh, not a very good thing, especially with a cyclical uh, business like we're in here. I mean, one of the, the great things that makes the PMI what it is is that it's cyclic, uh, but, it, and it, but it does tend to end with a falling off a cliff. And the longer lead times that you have uh, building up to that cliff event, the, uh, the more scurrying there is throughout the supply chain to, uh, to sell inventory and not get stuck with stuff that's obsolete. So we had 20% of our supplier delivery comments focus around lead time, down from 23 in August, but uh, generally it's been running around 20% comments around having to deal with the uh, lead times that are being pushed out, and that, of course, impacts, uh, I guess, accuracy and fidelity in the manufacturing plan and not... It's the lead time extension is never a good thing unless you love backlog. Um, we already talked about the import piece. Uh, inventory piece, you know, uh, slower growth, I think, due to shortages. We, we talked a bit about the, uh, the fact that suppliers improve their delivery performance, but the inventory account didn't really reflect that. I think we're going to see that kind of happen in, uh, in October. The, uh, whatever uh, tariff impact accelerations that occurred, uh, on the import side, kind of didn't have a big impact on the inventory account because it didn't stay very long. But so overall, you know, the suppliers are not able to keep up, which, which is negatively impacting the inventory growth, which I'm hoping we'll see turn around in October. Of uh, you know, the, of the big six, I think computers was the strongest, followed by food and beverage and machinery. And I mean, the food and beverage piece uh, had not really been contributing very much to the PMI for several months, and it, uh, it started to come back in the August time frame, and it definitely came back in the September time frame. So uh, it's one of the industry sectors I don't have a lot of direct experience in, but I do know it's made a move, and it, it tends to be 11 or 12% of manufacturing GDP, which, uh, which when it moves, it, uh, it tends to affect the, the PMI number. You know, our, our seasonality factors weren't really uh, were positive to the raw numbers, but they weren't significantly positive, so not not that big of a factor. And I, you know, I think like we had said earlier, we started this year with a synchronous global economy. We're not there now. Uh, U.S. is still doing well. Uh, China is still struggling, and uh, for a number of factors, uh, Europe is uh, nowhere near the expansion levels we are. You know, the four four percent or so that we're sitting at. Uh, but there's, you know, there's some early signs that we might uh, see some struggling here, and that the early signs are, you know, are really the export decline, 
and the fact that prices price pressure is decreasing a bit and the suppliers are uh, able to deliver faster those are those to me would be early signs that you know maybe things are hitting some hitting a uh, a different level so what's the supply chain chatter tim if i'm a supply chain manager talking to other supply chain managers uh, what am i concerned about well growth supporting the, the business plan uh, being able to accurately predict price growth for 2019 based on what's happened in 2018. Uh, you know, I think when we did a did the May checkup on the semi-annual, I think we thought there was going to be 5% price growth, growth 2017 to 2018. I think we started the year, I'm going to say it was at 2%. That's what we predicted last uh, fall. Then we jumped, jumped to 5, I think, in May. So now the real question is, I mean, what do you stake your business plan on? Is it going to continue at the same level of expansion, or is it going to be flat 2019 to 2018? Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, is being talked about is a you know, run rate that increased through the year, and uh, tending, depending on the industry that you're in, tending to level out exclusive of seasonality factors, and that I think the first six months of 2019 are all predicted to be at a sustainable level that we're kind of at now and as we close the year. I, haven't heard anybody really say that things are going to decline in the first six months. I don't know that companies are willing to really predict much beyond that with any sense of surety, but, you know, they're going forward with a business plan with, to their boards uh, within the next month or so, and they're going to have to do that prediction. So I think people are feeling that uh, the level that we're at is probably the level that we're at, and we're going to get 12 months of that. And uh, and we really didn't get 12 months at the level that we're at now. There was a it was definitely a growth that occurred in the you know Q1. Uh, just to kind of wrap this up, Tim, you made an interesting comment. I just want to make sure our listeners and I heard it right. You said that these these events, these cycles, tend to end with off going off a cliff, and that's certainly the case that uh, All Metals and Forge Group has experienced over the years. Um, that. You know, when the biz, when the spigot shuts off, it just shuts off. It can be sometimes terribly unpredictable, and it just stops. Um, is that the experience from the, the PMI reports over the past decades, if you look back on them, that the cycle just has quite a sudden end? Yeah, you can pretty much see it in our – back to 2002. Um, the, some of the cliffs are steeper than others, and some of the ramp-ups are steeper than others. That's what I think – that's why I think this uh, – this economic growth that started uh, 26 to 30 months ago is such high quality because it didn't spike up uh, immediately and then run across the top and come down slightly and go back up like uh, like the number one cycle back in 0203. This ramp up has been occurring at about a 45 degree angle, which uh, and and in the other ones is more like a 70. So this is a really mm-hmm. good and then the the expansion that never was 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 even worse than a 45 but this this feels like a you know high quality cycle and uh, what what will knock it off it's a trajectory I don't know that I can predict that but I think the supply managers who are reporting are pretty optimistic about the future and I think the, the numbers kind of support that and you know we are uh, dealing with the the tariff issues that's the only issue really that tends to be uh, appears to be impacting growth in the United States in the near term uh, and you carry that over to the international economies. Are they being uh, limited by the tariffs or are they being limited by other issues? That, it's a good question that I'm not really prepared to, to answer. 
but out, you know, outside of that, then this this uh, this growth uh, potential should continue, and uh, and and will continue to be challenged to meet the factory demand and you know the company's requirements for revenue and profit expansion. It's it's going to be. I mean, we're hitting Q3. The earnings calls are going to tell a lot. Uh, if we can't push the price increases through, then you know productivity or uh, revenue scale has got to pick up the difference here for the companies to maintain you know highly profitable 2018 and into 2019. Mm-hmm. Well, Lou, I don't know that it gets better than that. I, I don't know. It's almost like we don't have anything to talk about here. <laughs> oh, this is uh, this, this is good stuff, and uh, uh, we may do even something special on our website uh, regarding this uh, report, uh, which only came to me about 30 seconds ago. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And, uh, uh, Tim, we love having you on, especially when you have all good news or mostly good news. So thank you for being with us. Yeah, you bet. It's good to be here. We've been talking with Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's Manufacturing Business Survey Committee. They come out with the ISM report every month, uh, the first working day of the month, shortly after 10 a.m., where they share the PMI number with us. It's a vital and critical report. We encourage everyone to go to ISM, I'm sorry, go to the manufacturing uh, what their excuse me the Institute for Supply Management website Institute for Supply Management.org and you can also find the non-manufacturing report there as well so check out both reports because the two of them together make up the economy as it's viewed by the supply chain managers so Lou that kind of wraps us up for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio it's been a terrific report well thank you for being here Tim and Tim uh, Tim is here in New Jersey uh, this week. Uh, he comes up to get a beating every now and again. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, Tim Piori, it's a pleasure having you on as always. Thank okay, you. Okay, thanks, guys. Talk to you next month. See you. You got it. All right, talk to you soon. And uh, if you would like to hear this show or any of our other shows, they are at com. You can also find our sister show there, which is Women and Manufacturing at womenandmfg.com, building a beautiful body of shows there, uh, great information that you should tap into. And thank you again for listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Hi, this is Lou Weiss. Some of you know me as Lou Weiss with the yellow jacket, but today I'm president of All Metals and Forge Group. We are proud and pleased to be the sponsors for Manufacturing Talk Radio and for WAM, Women and Manufacturing, since 2013. AMFG is an open-die forge facility and a producer of seamless rolled rings since 1972. Most of the metal families are available in our inventory for production to help keep down delivery times due to mill deliveries of raw stock. We also specialize in machined, large, and complex forged parts. So give us a look at steelforge.com, our website, or give us a call at 973-276-5000. Send us your inquiries, your drawings, and specifications. Our coding turnaround time is usually less than 24 hours hours to help you get your job from your client. Give us a try. We're almost doing this 50 years of partnering with our clients. We'd like to partner with you as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. 
You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.